This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Centre Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats, coming to you live from the 38th edition of the Sharjah International Book Fair. We have got an action-packed show for you today, as we are going to be hearing from the 2006 Nobel Laureate for Literature, the one and only, the mesmerizing Orhan Pamuk. My interview with him is coming up in the next hour from 11 a.m. But first, the fitness power couple of the book fair are here to join me live on air. We're going to be talking body transformations with rugby superstar James Haskell and model and trainer Chloe Maidley. All of that and more is coming up right here on Life Beats on Pulse. 95. Talk about radio. Talk about radio. It's Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Live Beats. Live Beats. With Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Center Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. So many of us make that intention to eat better and stay in shape, but often fail at it. Well, my first two guests, they've taken the best health and fitness advice and they've put it all together to help people do just that. They know because they live it every day. James Haskell is an internationally renowned athlete and professional rugby player with extensive experience playing at the highest levels around the world. He's known for his performance on the pitch and it's James elite athleticism and commanding physique that we are in fact witnessing right now that has seen him become one of the most recognizable sportsmen of his generation. His rugby career has seen him play for leading teams in London, Paris, Japan and New Zealand and to date he's earned 61 and counting international caps for his country. His globe-trotting endeavours have seen him work closely with some of the world's best coaches, trainers and nutritionists, allowing James to amass a wealth of knowledge that keeps him at the very top of his game. Chloe Maidley, well, she is a TV presenter, she's a model and she's a personal trainer who is sought after by people all over the world to spill the secrets on attaining her razor-sharp sculpted figure. They are both authors of multiple best-selling books, including The Four-Week Body Blitz and Perfect Fit, The Winning Formula. They are the fitness power couple, Chloe Maidley and James Haskell. Welcome, guys, to the show. Hi, what an introduction. (laughs) No one's ever been that nice to me, ever. (laughs) I quite enjoyed it, like the world-renowned bit. I'll take that, I'll take that. (laughs) Uh, But also my wife's the, the, the far more successful author out of the both of us. Well, I lost, I lost that battle a long time ago. We, yeah, yeah, we, we have we to talk about from, that. Uh, the Rugby World Cup, where James was, First was king, to, yeah. to here, where I feel like I'm more in my environment now. <laughs> oh, this is the thing. First of all, we have to say commiserations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're so sorry about what transpired last weekend. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> ideal. It was a bit of a weird one for me because uh, emotionally, I was obviously super invested in it. Uh, yeah, I, I think as most English fans and, and people were, uh, but I had a personal reason to want to. Uh, 
to win, you know, for it to win and go because I'd been with them for sort of three years and missed out. And I was very kind of emotional about it. I got invited into camp in the week by, by Eddie, uh, which was unbelievably kind. And I got to see the guys train and play. And I had every confidence they were going to win. Right. And I didn't want to go to the game, so I, I didn't actually go. I sat in a bar with my, my wife, um, Chloe, in, uh, in, in Yokohama. And we watched the game. And the reason I didn't want to go is if they won, I didn't want to feel like a spare part and if I if they lost I didn't want to have to deal with the kind of emotion of it you know people were devastated so I stayed out of the way and, and kind of sat there for about 10 minutes after the kind of final whistle looking at the thing going what you know I don't know how this happened and then we kind of went back to our hotel we had a quiet night woke up next morning and sort of flown here and the nature of professional sport is that the world moves on mm, you yeah. know for me you know more importantly as well the, the, the guys I think will obviously still be living it it's being dissected in the world's media by lots of people who really shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion but they do <laughs> so I've kind of flown to, to Dubai and then now to, to Sharjah in, in this amazing book fair with my beautiful wife and, and now we're on yeah we're so excited to have you guys incredible now let's talk about about what you two are very much about and that is body transformations james uh, you are the author of amongst many other books perfect fit as we said the winning formula transform your body in just eight weeks and chloe uh, your book uh, one of them uh, yeah. again you know is the four week body blitz transform your body shape can you actually really transform your body in four or eight weeks yeah you absolutely can it's a it's a <sighs> I pride myself on being very professional and very scientific in my approach um, and one of the things that happens when you are like that is you come up against a lot of other professional scientific opinions um, you know people in my industry love to call each other out and so they should because there is so much bad information right, out there. Exactly. When I did the four-week body blitz, I did actually get a lot of flack from you know fellow professionals in the field saying you can't change your body in four weeks it's not gonna happen. Listen you can absolutely change your body in four weeks. Now, what your final result ends up being mm. determines really what your start point was. So for example, if I was kind of out of shape and had a bit of body fat and I wanted to get abs, I could probably do it in four weeks. But if I was quite heavily overweight mm. and I wanted to drop a couple of dress sizes, I could do that in four weeks. So it's relative to your start point. Um, but yes, 100%, you can achieve body transformation in four weeks, but you have to be 100% diligent with your diet and training. You know, you have to train five, six days a week and your diet has to be on point seven days a week. You cannot have any room for error, but that's the point. You know, you have to keep your eyes on the prize. You have to keep your eye on the goal because if you don't, if you slip up at any point, you're not going to get it in that short of a turnaround. Okay. Uh, James, you know, a lot of people uh, kind of look at the two of you and go, yeah, okay, this is, it's your job. To, to be as you are, to be fitness experts and to look the way that you do. It's impossible, you know, for the rest of us to do that. We just simply don't have the time uh, to, to put in, you know, to, to get those results. What would you say to them? Well, firstly, I'd say uh, the world is full of very convenient excuses. And mm -hmm. I think that I'm very different than, my, than, than Chloe uh, in certain respects. You know, she a, is, is, is hugely qualified. Uh, you know, she absolutely lives and breathes this. You know, my, for, for the last kind of 18 and a half years, being in peak physical shape, training was my life. Uh, but you know, when, when I finished, I wanted to share that my knowledge I picked up. But 
you know, I, I've kind of moved into different areas. But for Chloe, this is something she, she, she's constantly updating her knowledge and, and the science. And the basic science doesn't change, but, you're, you know, there's different ways of doing things. Some things are, are debunked. I'd say in terms of the, the body transformation stuff, you can 100% do it in four weeks. You know, if you go to Chloe's Instagram, you'll see the results that people get and they're astounding. I think in our minds, we, we, we make up a lot of excuses. We say we don't have time. There's a very handy uh, application on most smartphones now called Screen Time. So if you go onto that and click on it, see how much screen time you've been on a day. If you've been on your phone for six hours in a day, methinks you have time to do 20 minutes of exercise. Mm. Methinks you've got time to consider what you're eating. And actually, you know, the diet is, is you know, I would say almost 70% of everything you're doing. You, you know, you, you, interestingly enough, you burn more calories um, by doing general daily activity, walking around than you ever would do just in a gym session. Mm. If you obviously, if you want to build muscle, then you have to do that resistance training, but actually losing weight, being uh, healthier, uh, and watching a diet is actually very simple. And it's about making some really simple, educated choices. And I always equate it to things like uh, your plate composition, looking down at your plate and understanding that, you know, uh, your priority is always your protein for most people. You know, if you don't do any exercise at all and you have a very sedentary life, why do you pile your plate full of carbohydrates, you know, which is an energy source, which isn't even really, a, uh, I mean, I won't go into too much science, but isn't even a macro in itself. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you do that and then obviously you need your fats and stuff for, 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 for brain function as also as a source of energy and then your vegetables and stuff. But if you look at your plate and everything's a carbohydrate with a bit of fat deep fried well a you're fueling your body for absolutely no exercise so where's it going to store it because you ain't burning it off you're fueling your body with fats and saturated fats that you know you need in moderation but not not massively uh, and where's your protein source and that those things are, are simple changes that you can start you know and, and implement and i think people actually are surprised and what i've seen with chloe because she takes on a large number of private clients and the results she gets are astounding but there is a massive differential between the people who prepare to work and don't there was one particular client that i was kind of living vicariously through Chloe because she was reading my stuff to me about it was every week was an excuse oh I had to go and do this I had to do that I couldn't do this and I'm finding it so hard and wasn't doing the training and, and, and in the background there was one of her clients that was just doing everything diligently doing stuff and, and she can tell you the results she got there's one person quit halfway through because mentally you're not prepared to do it yeah. getting into shape and being consistently in shape is not very fun it takes a lot of hard work it takes a lot of dedication mm. Eat, actually having a healthier lifestyle and reducing some body fat is something you can do on a day-to-day -day basis. But getting to the peak of, 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 of shape that Chloe gets into or these people get after four weeks, you have to make sacrifices. And a lot of people in life do not want to sacrifice. I, mean, I don't know if you want to, take, to talk about that. Those we two we are results, absolutely yeah. going to talk about that. We have to get into this. Lots of real talk from James Haskell. We're going to get back to you just after the break, Chloe. We're going to ask you the secret to that incredible bod. All of that and more is coming up right here on Life Eats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse, Pulse 95. 95. It's a Sharjah story. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Live Beats. Live Beats. With Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Centre Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. Yes, we are live here with James Haskell and uh, Chloe Maidley. They are sharing the secrets to body transformation today, amongst uh, many other things. Uh, but Chloe, you know, you're very much a personal trainer. This is what you do all the time. Uh, and, and people come to you and they say, I want to look like that, you know, mm -hmm. a lot. So talk to us about, you know, how how your clients how do you deal with them how do you make sure that it's a, a, a lasting um, effect uh, on their health on their fitness on the way that they look 
Um, the first thing that I say to my clients when they come to me and I write in all the introductions of all of my books and pray that people are going to actually read what I'm writing instead of just follow the diet and follow the training because there's a huge level of understanding that you need to apply if you really want to change your body and change it long term. The first thing I say is genetics are very real. So what I mean by that is I can, I'm not right now, because I've just spent a few weeks in Japan eating to my heart's content. Um, I can get myself an incredible, incredible physical shape. I can get, you know, the shredded abs and the vascularity and all of that. But I have to understand that that is not my natural state. My natural, happy, healthy, fit body actually has a bit more curve to it. I store fat on my midsection. So if I decide that I want to take a few days um, off diet or training, and it happens because we all, you know, have a life, I have to accept immediately that that fat is going to come back on my midsection. And yes, it does happen in a matter of days, especially people say, surely not when you're that in shape. And it's like, no, more than ever, because to get your body fat that low, at that point, your body goes into uh, a little bit of a panic. And it basically is saying, where is my body fat? This is my survival blanket. Mm. If there's a, another ice age, help me, feed me. So if anything, actually, when I'm that lean, uh, I gain fat a lot quicker and a lot uh, more than I ever did before I started getting in shape. So mm. you have to understand genetics, first of all. Then once you've accepted that genetics are real, I say, look, anybody and everybody can change their body regardless of genetics. The only thing that changes is how long it's gonna take you or how easy or hard you're gonna find it. So some people genetically are quite sedentary. They don't move around a lot. They don't gesticulate a lot. And they find it really hard to basically get their activity, their natural activity levels up high enough to see quick results, as yeah. James was saying. you know. Whereas I move around a lot, he moves around a lot. So for us, with the same diet and training plan, we'll get results quicker because we're more active naturally, genetically, that's how we are. Um, so not at any point are you allowed to turn around and say, oh, it's not working for me, I'm different, it doesn't apply to me. It does apply to you. You just might have to stick at it a little bit longer or go at it a little bit harder. Everybody can change their body, everybody. It's just a matter of time and genetics as to how long it will take. So there's that. Yeah. And then lastly, I say, look, you have to understand that in order to keep, once you get into amazing shape, and I made this mistake seven years ago when I started fitness modeling, I thought if I got into amazing shape, I would stay in amazing shape because I'd done it, the hard work was done. And then I went on holiday for two weeks and got bigger than I was before I ever started dieting and training. You have to understand that if you want to maintain those results, you genuinely do have to change your lifestyle. You have to make sure that every day you're eating the right food and most days of the week you're training properly and you actually have to embrace it as part of your life. And again, except that sometimes, like me, having just spent three weeks in Japan at the World Cup, <laughs> sometimes you're actually not gonna be able to and that's okay. I think as long as you start to understand that, you know, the start point of genetics, you know, the process of how long it's gonna take you and how much effort you're gonna put in and actually how to maintain it in the long run, you're a lot more likely to get there and stay there. But it's people who don't know anything about it that just jump in and then they're surprised when it doesn't go their way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the, you mentioned genetics and, and that's really interesting. Some people will use genetics as, as an excuse and just kind of go, mm. well, I'm just like that. Uh, but actually, there's a lot that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I am. genetics are real and I would never deny that, of course. You know, how active you are, where you store your body fat, what your natural shape is, you know, genetics really do have 
the biggest impact on how your body looks, 100% yes. However, genetics are not your excuse as to why you can't achieve it. They are absolutely not. You can still do it. You just, as I said, you might need to make a bit more effort to get up and walk Mm. around or, you know, you might need to make a bit more effort to rein in your diet or you might need to spend a little bit longer doing this, but everyone can change their body. So they are not an excuse. You just need to be a little bit forgiving of yourself. And I actually think that the less that you punish yourself for looking how you look in your natural state, Mm. the more likely you are to actually be able to enjoy the experience of changing your body instead of kind of chastise yourself from start to finish. And finding finding the right kind of activity that you love as well. Yeah, it's all about calories. You know, everybody has something to understand. Science is is the ultimate um, tool here when it comes to changing your body. If you want to shed fat, it's all about calories in, which is food, versus calories out, which comes down to your basal metabolic rate, your uh, NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which basically is how much you move, and your exercise activity, which is when the hours you spend in the gym. Your BMR is gonna have the biggest impact, um, so that's great, because you don't need to do anything. Then your NEAT is gonna have the second biggest impact, so try and be active and find something you enjoy doing. If you like walking your dog, or going for a swim, or whatever it is, and then it's your exercise. So what are you actually putting in the extra effort to do? And make sure that you are eating the right foods. You know, protein and fiber have a very high thermic effect of food. They're very good things to fill up your plate with. You're very unlikely to get fat eating protein and fiber. And carbs and fats are energy nutrients that you should have around training. We're going to jump back into diet in just a minute. And I'm going to ask you guys what's in your fridge. (laughs) And uh, I want to ask you, James, because you've kind of gone from rugby into MMA now. So talk to us about why and how that happened. So um, interesting as well on, on the diet front with that is I basically um, retired, uh, was going to do a lot of kind of speaking stuff and DJing stuff, which I really enjoy doing. Uh, we're looking at a couple of other book ideas. And, um, and then I got a call from a guy from Bellator, a guy called David Green, and he asked me, did I want, you know, I thought it was originally going to ask me, but I want to do some commentary work. I presented kind of 40 shows on BT Sport about uh, uh, MMA and I thought it was going to ask to do more work and he offered me to, to, to fight and they'd done some transfers with some NFL players and some other people and you know I kind of laughed nervously obviously as you should imagine because I never <laughs> wanted to be a fighter uh, I had a chat with my with Chloe you know Chloe thought was an idiot uh, <laughs> as I just survived kind of 18 and a half years of getting beaten up and had operations yeah. why would I want to get my head kicked in again uh, I actually loved the, 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 the training of it I always wanted to do the training uh, I was going to do it anyway uh, I'd always been a team sportsman I love the challenge of being an individual sportsman once again, or sorry, for the first time, I should mm. say, and being a professional sportsman once again, trying to uh, change my body, you know, and I obviously had limitations. I retired for a reason, otherwise I would have been, you know, potentially at the, at the World Cup if I'd got into the squad, but when some of the players played, probably not. But um, I, you know, I, I decided to go on this journey, and actually, at the beginning of the summer, I was about 121 kgs. I said to Chloe, she does all my kind of nutrition and my, my diet stuff. I said to her, look, I want to get leaner. A lot, lot of DJing in the summer, a lot of shirt opportunity for shirts off, why not? Um, and so we got down to about 112 kgs in about six weeks in, in really good shape. Then I signed this deal and I realised I'd be fighting heavyweight. I had to go up to about 119 again, so I'm, I'm sitting there at the moment. Um, it, the training's completely different. You right. know, whereas I used to burn probably 600, 700 calories on a very good kind of hour-long personal training session or fitness training session, I'm now burning uh, 1,000 calories per session. Uh, and that's just on my own. I, I train for two hours with, with sh- l- l- London shoot fighters. I think I'm about, about two, uh, 2,000, you know, 200 calories I'm burning in two hours. 
It's pretty horrific. Uh, I love it. Um, it's going to be a hell of a journey. Whether it goes well is, you know, it will, it will remain to be seen, but I'm not going to get myself in that cage until I'm ready to fight. Um, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying that training, enjoying the way my body's changed. How has it changed? Talk to us about it. Because oh, we just, you know, to us, it, it looks quite similar, but it's a different process, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot leaner. Yeah. Um, my, all my training sessions are based around cardiovascular work or, or technique work. So, you know, the kind of default position when you're in that cage after about 30 seconds is you're going to be out on your feet. And then it's going to be a battle for four, you know, for, for four minutes, 30 is the remainder to be able to function, to think clearly while you're getting hit. So all the training I do is, is kind of, you know, uh, three, five minutes of, of, of high intensity work to batter 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off for five minutes. I don't do any weights anymore, uh, really, uh, unless I put some weighted exercise in the Tabata, but even then there, you're working for 20 seconds and so the weights aren't gonna be particularly heavy. Um, having to work a lot more on mobility, uh, and yeah, and obviously then you're going to do a lot more live contact-based contact training. So that's kind of changed. I really enjoy it on my own. It means that every session is kind of quite challenging. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel my body changing. I'm leaner than I've been. Um, my body, yeah, my, I sort of, my shoulders and, and stuff have changed in terms of my boxing stance. All these kind of muscles have developed really. So it was a nice bit where I was a bodybuilder for about six weeks when Chloe was transforming my body where all I had to do was weights, 20 minutes cardio. It was kind of the dream. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've dumped all that to go work in, in, in hell. And basically you have to put yourself through hell. So I, I thought I'd given that up and now I'm, I'm back doing it again. I'm loving it. This is amazing. You know, it's great to see that kind of transformation in your own personal fitness journey. We're going to come back in just a moment uh, and talk food once again. I'm going to ask you, what is in your fridge? What do you eat on a daily basis? That's next here on Life Beats on Pulse95. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse95. Pulse 95 Live at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Live Beat, Live Beat with Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Center Sharjah. It's Pulse 95. Such a great conversation with the, the first couple of fitness, if you like, here at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Chloe Maidley and James Haskell, they are here. Now, guys, uh, let's talk food, what you guys eat. What's in your fridge? <laughs> Well, in the fridge is largely our protein. So uh, for me, that would be chicken and lean meat. I actually don't eat fish at home, weirdly. I'm not very good at cooking fish, so I only eat it when I'm out. It's like my treat. Um, for James, uh, again, chicken, but he has fattier meat. He A, likes it, and B, you know, he's on a 4,000 calorie a day diet, so he can afford to spend a but few hundred of we, those on steak. Interesting, we, did, we, we have had a bit of a turnaround, didn't we, since we came back from the Maldives? Yeah. in terms of the stuff we were eating because I know you're going to come on to a question about that Game Changers documentary that you were going to ask about we actually look, so Chloe had always eaten the lean meat so I was a bit more laissez-faire I had a bit more processed meat in my, in my diet I love salami and, and, and uh, chorizo and all that kind of all chorizo. the sodium all the sodium <laughs> you know um, and I would have red meat quite a lot but actually latterly I've kind of changed a lot more. I'm eating way more fish I always like fish but we don't cook it at home so it makes your house stink and yeah. it's, a hot, it's quite a neat to, 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 you know, to cook, it's a bit annoying. I'm so. not good at cooking fish, and I'm a good cook. I would yeah, like she's to mega. As yeah, I just Unlike never. I never do up, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm amazing. Yeah, yeah. I um, I just never do it. If I 
So it's in a restaurant, so I just leave it alone. No, but now. we started. I got really into barbecuing. Yeah. So, so basically, Chloe's like when you ask about the fridge, Chloe's full fridge management. I mean, I know this is 2019. There's no such thing as stereotyping of <laughs> gender roles in the house. That's but all right. In your in house, yeah. house, I am definitely like a housewife. Yeah. I mean, I have a job, but I like it. Yeah. I like cooking for you and you're stuff. the well, domestic like a, goddess. Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, yes, domestic yeah, it's, it's And it's way. just another area which I can gain control. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah, so basically she's <laughs> in charge sure. of everything. She, she manages the fridge. But then I just started getting into barbecuing. Yep. Um, like using slow cook and barbecue. And I started cooking uh, cod loin and white fish and stuff on yeah, the barbecue. Wow. It's an absolute game changer on that. It, 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 I tell it, you what, you put it under the grill in your, yeah. in your, in, at home, yeah. you know, in your oven. Yeah. Unbelievable. Put some... Um, I've got to give you yeah, like a, a, recipe. Give me a recipe. Yeah. Chili, uh, lemon, olive oil, yeah, yeah. and really uh, and style. cumin. Oh. oh my gosh! Yeah, so what oh, we do is that's so a game changer. Me, yeah, so send me a recipe. I'm gonna send you a recipe, girl. I'm I got you covered. I got more. you covered for fish. We do fish every Friday at my house. This is what we need. I got you. But we used to do what I did because we just didn't like the smell of the house. Well, we yeah, just yeah, put yeah. it in the on the barbecue. Same thing, a cod loin, jalapenos peppers on the outside they cook at the same time you know the actual uh, uh, not chopped up ones uh, some olive oil some chili some uh, some rubs that you get with barbecue put it on there cook it and it honestly flakes straight yeah. off and you put a, a barbecue rub meat rub on yes. the fish and it was unbelievable yes. and everyone was like you can't do that to fish I was like guys you didn't you totally it. can do that I'm to fish we don't have anything else in the fridge and then like our fats well no fats veggies. and carbs are out of it yeah veggies I actually only buy frozen veg um, okay, yeah, it's better. They're, they're more nutrient dense. People so. think fresh. Exactly. No, it's actually frozen. is, is more nutrient dense. Yeah. So I only buy frozen veg. It's also really easy to cook. It's I just, cheaper. Yeah, and it's cheaper. A lot of people say they can't eat well on diet. I'm like, no, tin tuna and frozen veg is not going to break the bank. So you can handle it. You're good to go. Um, we we have eggs and egg whites. Yeah. James has whole eggs every. We have egg whites every morning. Again, that's not a nutrition thing. It's just a calorie thing. You know, yeah. if I have a big egg white omelette, that's going to be under 100 calories. Right. If I have a three egg omelette, that's going to be about 300 calories, just under. So yeah, so so that's it. And, and I then, live off. I live off. Uh, Rice sachets. Yeah, that's You know, the microwave hard. rice. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, that, the quick ones. Quick ones, you can bagels. Just put them in, that's yeah. And that's it, really. Uh, no, we have oats as well, yeah. carb yeah. sauces, avocados, uh, carb sauces. Um, and oils, smoked salmon sauces. sometimes for breakfast. Nuts, yeah. yeah. A lot of our stuff is out the fridge. Other yeah, than yeah. Protein. yeah. Our fridge is like I've stopped drinking milk. Um, because yeah, I, I always just get quite bad folliculitis, a bad skin. Like yeah. always, I've had it since uh, I was uh, a kid. And I, I, I went to the Maldives and I met this Indian doctor, Doctor Lakshman. He, I was over there. The guys who own Soniva Fushi, the, the the resort I was over with. Uh, the main guy, Sonu, was, was kind of had some lifestyle changes that he wanted to, to adopt, did some detox, and did some stuff. Dr. Lux was helped him with that. I'm very open-minded. I, I'm not a, a jump on the bandwagon kind yeah, of person, yeah. but I'll try anything, yes. you know, give it give it a dedication. So I met this doctor, he wanted me to do a detox. So I've always got pain in my body. I've always got my anti-inflammatory markers in my blood are, are way up all the time. Uh, stressful lifestyle. My body's been beaten up for 18 years. It is what it is. So I wanted to try and do some stuff. So I tried to eat way more vegetables, way more... Um, uh, beans and pulses and uh, I cut out milk he said we're going to do this detox six days no dairy my skin got better not not perfect but but way better so I don't need that anymore so I drink oh, we drink coconut milk at home yeah. uh, and I almond milk I drink milk because it, it bloats me I think everybody look some people are fine with dairy it complete, and if you're fine with it they've actually done studies that have shown that 
Um, dairy, obviously, it is a complete protein. Um, and ha keeping it in your diet, you know, when in a fat loss phase, has absolutely no negative effects on you whatsoever. It has no negative effects on your, your atrophy, your, your ability to keep your muscle. If you're fine with dairy, you do not need to cut it out. You're fine. Like, I'm fine with if it. If you're fine, yeah. you're fine. But yeah. for me, I've got really bad issues with, with water retention and bloating right. and lactose seems to make that worse. And James has got issues with his skin. Yeah. And it, it just seems, And I, I tend to think that most people are at least a smidge lactose but intolerant. I, I wouldn't have known. And, you know, like I, I, I've been drinking milk for years, not in massive quantities. You know, I would have coconut milk on some cereal in the morning. And I would have, uh, you know, a couple of flat whites a day for the whole milk. I'd yeah. make it myself because it's, it's better for making the latte up um, and the flavour. But then I just tried and stopped it and I, I haven't missed it. Uh, the only thing I miss is that we go to cinema and an Oreo cookie milkshake. Right. You know? right and right. even then I'll have that. I just think, what, you know, once every few days. Yeah, I am a secret fatty. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you guys because, uh, you know, going plant-based and going vegan has just been making so many headlines right now. You mentioned we were talking uh, a little bit off air about the, the Game Changers movie. That's just come out. It's just the latest one in, in so many documentaries that have come out talking about that. I want to get your thoughts uh, on this. Well, my, my wife is, in, is it's far better to, to, to comment on this. And I would just say pre, pre this is that I, I watched it. And like anything, uh, uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, you know, I'm an athlete. Uh, uh, what's this happened to me? And then you have to do all these things. So I tried to read both sides of the opinion because one time you read an article, especially in tabloid press, you come out and go, well, I've heard this, you know, broccoli gives you cancer. And then you suddenly find another book, actually broccoli doesn't give you cancer. Or, you know, religion says this, something else says that. Right, so in, in terms of plant-based. Yeah, so I watched the Game Changer yeah. podcast and I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Cue my wife to explain why it's not quite that. <laughs> I think, um, look, it's an incredible documentary, um, but it is a subjective study in that they've taken some athletes, um, mm. quite quite a small amount, but you know, validity where validity is. They've taken some athletes who've said, look, this really helped me with my inflammation and my recovery. And anybody who is a performance athlete um, or a weightlifter specifically will tell you that recovery is half the battle in training. You need to let your body recover or your performance is only gonna get worse and worse and worse. So it right. is, it's a constant 50-50 balance. So some professional incredible athletes and bodybuilders came out and said, when I went to plant-based protein, I found that my recovery went through the roof, which then subsequently meant my performance went through the roof. And this is a diet I advocate and you've got to do it. I want to be very clear that it is not a clinical trial and um, it has not been, uh, it's not real science. Mm. It's not actual data-driven, data-based science. Now, I don't mean to shut it down. I'm also saying that what diet your body responds best to, and I come back to my first point full circle, is genetic. So if you genetically have a predisposition to not be able to break down animal-based proteins that well, that means animal-based proteins are suboptimal for you genetically, as opposed to plant-based proteins, in which case 100% switch it. Try it out, see if you perform better, see if you recover better, see if you sleep better, if your mood is better, try it. But if you feel fine, if you're training fine, if you're recovering fine, you are one of thousands of other elite athletes out there who eat meat and they're fine. Mm. You've got to remember that everything comes down to genetics 
and it comes down as well largely to race you know where is your where are your blood markers from you know what how are you made um, and as I said, you know, James does struggle with inflammation and he does struggle with folliculitis. So for him, I was like, look, why don't you try it and see if it agrees with you? For me, I'm fine. Like, yeah. I don't need to go plant-based. But I would say one thing, if you are going to try it, please can you remember that uh, in order to hit your plant, your complete protein quota, you need to really do, it's like combination of plant-based. So for example, it would be a whole grain, like a rice, with uh, like a legume, like um, beans, yep. that will, that combination, and it doesn't have to be in one meal, but as long as it's throughout the day, that combination will give you your complete protein. And also bear in mind that you might see, you know, your carb intake and your fat intake go up simultaneously mm-hmm. because it's plant-based. Um, so just be aware that if you have physique goals, you need to bear in mind all the macronutrients, all the calories, and the fact that you need complete proteins. And, and be careful with soy as well, don't go too overboard. I'd say, I'd say one thing as well is that anything, anybody that stands out and tells you this is the way, you've got to take with a pinch of Watch salt. Watch out. Yeah, because, dogma is yeah, not a it, good sign. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the big issue is that, is that we're too transitory in terms of our, our, our thinking. It's not, you know, it's like Chloe says, it's not one size fits all. You've got to, be, you've got to make sure that you, you take it with a pinch of salt and objectively re-round the subject and test it out. 100%. Like, you know. We're 100%. all 100%. 100%. We're going to come back in just a moment. I'm going to ask you, Chloe uh, and, and James, we're going to talk about uh, social media. We're going to be uh, talking about your moment where you had a bit of burnout. Mm. What happened there? That was a couple of months back. Uh, it was a big moment. James had a lot to do with it as well. That's coming up next <laughs> here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95 Live. At the Shudger International Book Fair. Live Beat. Live Beat. It's Sally Musa. Live from the Expo Centre Shudger. It's Pulse 95. Yeah, welcome back to Life Beats from the Shudger International Book Fair. We are chatting here with uh, James Haskell and Chloe Maidley. Chloe, a couple of months back, you actually had a moment where you said that your obsession with chasing the perfect figure left you exhausted and and burnt out tell us what happened then so i've been doing this for about uh seven years now and when i started it was because i fell in love with weightlifting olympic lifting specifically um i loved how it made me feel and and then it was funny i was doing that for a few weeks and i was thinking why isn't my body changing this is not making any sense um, obviously then realized that it was all about diet, changed my diet and hey presto, my body started to change. And I, you know, obviously as a result of that, um, started to amass, you know, a good Instagram following. At the time I was on Twitter, I'm not anymore. Um, people on Twitter tend to be quite mean to women who lift weights. So I came off of that. But Instagram, there's been a huge uh, kind of rise in that, in that kind of um, cult, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I, and it was all for the, the right reasons. And as my body started to change and I documented it, obviously then I started getting interest to do apps and books and everything that I do now. So what ended up happening was, and I'm very lucky, I've never had body issues ever. I've always been body confident. Um, and that's not why I got into what I do now. It was all for the love of, of training. So what started to happen was this kind of really slow burning pressure started to build. I wasn't really that aware of at first, so it just kind of seemed like a hazard of Bob, you know, and I was fine with it. Right. But then before I knew it, I was seven years in and constantly feeling um, pressurized to get in and stay in phenomenal shape. Yes. Now, I'm also somebody who, uh, I love culture, I love food. 
Um, I love traveling. You know, I do train out of want, um, usually bare minimum five days of the week because I love it. I'm passionate about it. But, you know, to maintain that kind of diet, um, which is very strict and, you know, your, your metabolism is adaptive. So actually what happened was while I first started dieting and getting amazing results on 1500 calories a day, before I knew it, I was having to come down to like 900 calories a day to get and stay in shape. Now, as somebody who trains as hard as I train, that became completely unsustainable, unmaintainable and unhealthy, just unhealthy. And I had to get to a point where I realized this and was like, hang on, that I need I need to, to take some serious time off of not eating healthy or training, because I, I love that side of what I do, but caring how I look in the mirror. So what that meant was slowly uh, increasing my calories, because again, metabolism is adaptive. So if this has happened to you, if you're listening and you can relate to this, you need to take some real time off dieting and slowly increase your calories because it's adaptive and eventually you'll get it back up to an optimal level. You'll get it back up to a really good level of what you can diet down on and see results with. Um, so I had to basically start to increase my calories, regain some body fat, um, basically give my, my hormones a really good kick up the bum, get my whole, get my whole body firing on, on, a, on a good level, a healthy level again. And I'm still doing that now. Um, and yeah, I just, it, 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 it's really easy, you know, if you do what I do for a living and everybody's always looking at your body, you know, thinking, what does she look like? What does she look like? Can I see abs? Can I see glutes? Can I see hamstrings? And it does get to a point where that pressure inevitably gets to you. And I'm more than whether or not I can see a muscle under my skin. I'm much more than that. My life is much richer than that. So uh, yeah, I had to take some time off and it was really hard. And credit where credit is due my lovely husband yeah, was very much in my corner what the, tell us what happened that what you were seeing with chloe and how you jumped in here i just think um you know my opening comments i said about the intensity it takes to get in shape the intensity it takes to stay in that shape is pretty um it's pretty hard i think that uh you know for me i was pretty um you know pretty blown away by her, <coughs> her dedication and hard work but she was just getting so frustrated you know she was tired she was overthinking things she was having to uh train so you know her life became kind of quite miserable and i just mm. it, not is not it social in- media though as well because social media is actually awesome uh, you know i use it for inspiration mm. for health and fitness but does it just become that other side of just it's never ending i think i think what, what was difficult for chloe was that you know she was trying to do these things and and, and, and people have expectations you know i think the beauty of what she's done and what I tried to do in a certain aspect is to be very honest. So I don't pretend I'm anything I'm not. I pretend that I, I, I swear, I am like I am, I'm a bit, you know, controversial, I'm like Marmite, etc. <laughs> Chloe's very much like, look, I'm in shape here, I'm not in shape here, I, I found it really hard, do you know what, I lost, you know. I mean, I'll never forget the, the episode of the snack box that Chloe thought was a great <laughs> idea. Is I don't, what, what, what healthy tips take away is that don't have any bad food in your house because if yeah. you have bad food in your house you're going to eat it right no, so, there's no such thing as bad food but don't have any fine, trigger fine, food fine. things that you know when you when you start yeah. you're going to go over the cliff oh, okay edge. I'll put it this way very calorie very calorie <laughs> okay, calorific yeah. food with absolutely minimum micronutrients <laughs> like a packet of donuts or, or Oreo cookies or other <laughs> biscuits are available um, but so basically what happened is Chloe then decided once she was getting shaped that she would when she'd have a cheat night, she would have these boxes of chocolates and we would share it. And she would slowly amass. And it's quite a good way of doing things. So every time you think about something you want to eat when you're out of shape or when you finish getting into amazing shape, you buy it. So people end up having these stockpiles of stuff because you can never eat it, yeah, but it's, it, it's it. a mental aid. So Chloe then got a snack box with six, cho- six chocolate bars in it. Gave me one. I sort of ate half of mine and put mine back in the fridge because I like cold chocolate. Weird, <laughs> and then Chloe then proceeded to smash 
five chocolate bars, eat every single one of them, lay on the floor, went to roll her up to bedroom. Um, and, it was a great and night it was a, for me. Yeah, it was a great night, but it didn't work. And I just think all these things were, were coming off. And I think with social media, you know, we were trying to go on holiday and I was saying, Chloe, listen, I think you look beautiful. Let's go out. And she's like, well, no, I don't, I don't I, you know, what was we get photographed? Don't want to do that. I said, this is just, it, it, we need, you need to have a break. Let's have a break. And what she did is, is, is um, threw herself into book, book writing, was very honest saying, listen, I've hit this point, relaxed, and is now on a journey to getting in fantastic shape again. Uh, and her body's reacting. And I think the social media thing is very interesting. It's, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine because I think it's so good for so many reasons. It's also brought the, the worst out in humanity. Yeah. People were always crazy and people were always mad, but they were in far off villages and you, they didn't, you know, they, they didn't, they couldn't, you couldn't get access to it. In the world of 24-hour news, the world of social media, now everybody has an opinion and it's shared. And what we're sharing on, and I, I regard WhatsApp as social media, all these things, what we're sharing is we're, we're breaking down uh, boundaries of morality. We're breaking down boundaries of what we think is acceptable and what's not. Social media is is just inviting everybody to have an opinion. And we're now basing our life on likes. We we are having mental health issues tripling, tenfold because of self confidence. We, we we put all our value. We care about people's opinion that we don't normally care about. You know, everything is is this good? For, you know, restaurants are now advertising very Instagram worthy. You're like, hold on a minute, what happened to the food? But yeah. no, you know, we had a waiter the other day deliver us some, some food, and we were in, the, in Osaka in Japan. And we wanted to eat dinner, and he was like, "Oh, I'll let you take a photo." And I was like, "Okay, Boring. yes, it is quite a nice meat platter, but but you know, <laughs> as the last thing I want to think about doing." Yeah. So everybody's thinking in this way. I think if you do it for business and you're doing it for self-promotion and you've got something to promote, fine. If you're not doing it for business, you're sharing your life with people that you wouldn't let through your front door. Yeah. Nobody cares what you're eating. Nobody cares where you're on holiday. Forget about it. Just get on with your life. I actually deleted my Twitter yesterday because really? Twitter's like yesterday. yeah, yeah, yesterday yeah. because Twitter's like an entry level. I think for journalists, it's a great tool. But I think if you're, um, if I mean, James and I are, you know, in the public eye back in the UK. It's just a window for people who don't understand what you do to criticize you. And I, he was getting really upset after the England thing. And I said, look, does it bring you any joy or does it bring your career any any fruition being on Twitter? And he said, no. And I said, delete it. And he did. And but, credit where credit Twitter's is due, like that's the, great. Twitter's like the, problem with this Twitter as well, is like the entry level. It's like when your nan and your grandfather have got a social media, you know that it's now reached saturation level yeah. it's like you know <laughs> it's you know it's 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 the mcdonald's of the twitter the, twi the, the social media world so once you got into that i realized that it, it was just pathetic i was getting abused by weird men and, and women it just was pointless so i much prefer instagram facebook i think has kind of had a bit of resurgence in terms of being a tool both those are great yeah. youtube just do that and you know yes you meet meet muppets but it, it's a lot nicer so i just deleted it i don't need it it was my slowest growing platform who cares you know, um, there was nothing to be gained from it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so great to hear you talking about that and just being honest about it. And Chloe, you said to me off air, you said, you know, when you post, you say, you know, this doesn't apply to mums because yeah. you don't want to put that pressure out there. Yeah. It's so, real. And this is the thing. And this is what I had to do as well, because as I've just admitted, like I got to a point where the pressure was too much for yeah. me. And, you know, and I started to come away from doing what I love and I started doing it for all the wrong reasons. And, okay, so... This is the advice I would give everybody about social media, both as somebody who gets a lot of follows and, and yes. likes, and also as somebody who follows a lot of people and like and finds a lot of motivation, you know, on on social media. This is what I would say. If you're following somebody who does nothing but look great, but they don't tell you what they're eating, how they're training, they don't advise you on how you can achieve what they're achieving, they are not worth following, they're only gonna make you feel bad and you need to unfollow them. 
unless you are one of those super confident, super headstrong women, and credit to you if you are, who can literally look at it and be like, wow, she's great, and then it doesn't affect you negatively at all. Yes, but I think a lot of women do think like, oh, I don't look like that. And if that woman isn't trying to help you on route to your goals, and this applies to men too, of course, unfollow them there are too many people posing on instagram and not putting out any informative content if you can't see a workout video if you can't see a picture of some food as well as the abs and the flexing and the posing they ain't worth it in my opinion um again unless you just find it incredibly inspiring in which case fine well, if you it. treat 100%. it like a magazine you know yeah. like it's like you know yeah. in, in the death of the lads mags of fhm and all these <laughs> other kind of other things you know that, that were just kind of commonplace you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. just it. trawling Done. through you know feed of of, of of attractive people or car, you know, all my stuff is is DJing, technology and funny purpose. stuff. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, and that's purpose. I think doing the research stuff for it is key. But otherwise, I just don't bother with it. Listen, we could uh, keep going on and on. You guys are incredible. Uh, you guys have a session, in fact, tonight. Uh, this is going to be from 6 p.m. right here at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Your body is a reflection of your lifestyle. These guys are going to be doing it uh, with Dr. Muhammad Al-Ghandur. And it's going to be moderated by our very own Omar al You guys are going to love Omar. You haven't met him yet. He's actually he's really emailed him. Yeah, yeah he's he awesome. seems great. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he was telling me last night. It's going to be brilliant. That's on tonight at the Discussion Forum 1. Make sure you are there with Chloe and James. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely brilliant. It's been great. I need that fish recipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming your way. And congratulations on Pulse 95. It's a wicked station. I'm excited to be on Thank there. you. <laughs> thank you guys so much. It's absolutely brilliant. Coming up next, we meet Turkey's most prominent writer, Orhan Pamuk. You have to keep it here to hear that interview on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.